Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast is being built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance as we age. If you want more like this, simply subscribe so you never miss the newest episode. Hey team, Mandy here from Body Reset. Hey, funny story. One of our coaches asked me the other day if I ever get sick of saying the word protein. And the answer is no, I do not. Um, I do realize I'm a bit of a broken record with the old protein discussion though. But we are going to talk about this today because there's a couple of concerns which come up that we see come up quite often when it comes to increasing protein that I just want to untangle and untease a little bit for you today. So we, you know, in the Body Reset Program, working with clients, we used protein, prioritizing protein a whole lot as one of kind of our baseline tools, whether it's for weight loss, whether it's for gut health, whether it is for blood sugar control, optimizing protein intake is really, really important. And in nine out of 10 cases for most people, this is a case of increasing their protein intake, particularly at breakfast and lunch or those earlier meals in the day. Now, the level of evidence, really high quality evidence within the scientific literature to support this approach is, you know, significant. There just is really no question that as we age, um, for longevity and for health, we need to be increasing our protein intake to meet our body's needs. And we see we see this play out all the time anecdotally as well. We, there's just such good response from the body when we meet that need with a macronutrient that our body kind of can't make from other stuff. But the trouble is, is that as we are increasing protein intake, if it's something that we haven't been consuming a whole lot of potentially up to this point, there can be some issues. And most of this arises from the gut. So some of the common things we hear is that people have decreased their protein intake because they feel like it just doesn't digest so well anymore. Maybe there's a bit of gas, bloating, wind, reflux, etc., associated with an increase in protein intake. And so that feels uncomfortable. And of course, anything that feels uncomfortable, we're going to naturally kind of veer away from and avoid. And so protein intake can just naturally decline over time because we feel like it's just not kind of digesting so well anymore. Well, for some people, it might actually be that you've kind of lost your appetite for it. You don't really have that drive or hunger for it anymore. And then when you do eat it, it just sort of sits a bit heavy. Maybe you're not even enjoying the taste or texture of it as much anymore. And what I really want to explain here is that this is not about the protein. This is actually about what's going on internally. And an analogy would be if you were to, you know, maybe once upon a time you were really consistent with lifting weights and you were able to lift a fairly decent weight doing some sort of movement. You didn't do that work out for a while. And then you go back to that same weight sometime later and you can't lift it. And it's because your body has adapted away from being able to do the thing it was once able to do and it's exactly the same with protein intake when we reduce our protein intake down but also when certain lifestyle factors and nutritional factors happen I'm going to talk about those our body adapts away from being able to do the thing the weight is not the problem it's the fact that you don't have the muscle mass there to lift and move that weight anymore and it's the same with the protein protein is not the problem it's simply we don't have the digestive capacity there to deal with that food at that time. So what's going on here? 
what often happens is when we're highly stressed, our body is turning down our digestive function because it's prioritizing other things. So we get this decreasing stomach acid level, decreasing digestive enzyme level. What this means is then when you eat your food, don't digest it quite as well, maybe don't get the nutrients out of it as well. And so what can happen over time is we can end up somewhat nutrient depleted. Now to make stomach acid, to make digestive enzymes, the juices and whatnot in our digestive tract that are required to break down protein, it requires a lot of nutrients. It actually requires protein, believe it or not. And it also requires zinc and B vitamins and a whole lot of other things. So if there's any nutrient depletion issues, maybe you don't have the building blocks there to create the juices and digestive fire needed to break the protein down. So then when you eat protein, it sits kind of, doesn't feel so good, and so you don't eat it. But here's the here's a couple of little thoughts for you. One is that protein entering your stomach is actually one of the most potent stimulants for stomach acid production. So we actually need that protein to be going in to stimulate stomach acid in the first place, which allows us to break our food down better and over time improve our nutrient levels so that we can slowly improve our gut and digestive function. Protein also contains a lot of the nutrients needed to make the stomach acid and digestive enzymes. So there's the amino acids, obviously, and there's a lot of zinc that's really bioavailable in protein sources as well as your B vitamins and whatnot as well. So protein actually is kind of a part of the puzzle when it comes to gut health in particular that we need to be putting in. And apart from a very few cases where I've seen that someone is actually perhaps having a bit of an allergic response to chicken, probably is the main one, maybe eggs. In most cases, even people with fairly sensitive guts do pretty well with protein when it's cooked well, when it is consumed in a way that is kind of focusing on digestion and breakdown really well. So really breathing before we eat, allowing our body to get into rest and digest mode and, and giving our body the chance to actually digest that food well rather than stuffing it in and just kind of hoping for the best. So that struggle that maybe you're having with protein where it's just sort of sitting there, it doesn't feel great anymore, is not about the protein, it's actually about what's going on and decide and how we could kind of tie that up with a bow is that it is about low digestive fire and so that's where we need to be focusing that's where we need to be addressing the root cause so that you can get the protein and that you're going to need to help one restore the problem but two keep you healthy active well blood sugar stable all that in the long term there's one other little piece of this puzzle here that i did briefly touch on earlier and that was the stress component now, the thing is, is if you feel like you just have lost that appetite for protein, I really want you to explore what's preceded that. Because of course, if you are running around like a headless chook all the time, completely stressed, maybe anxious, maybe rushing, stuffing food down without really thinking, or getting to the end of the day and you've been doing that all day and you're just sitting down and you're wanting some sort of food that is comforting, relaxing, etc. We're never going to crave protein at that time. No one's going to sit down at the end of the day, plop on the couch and be like, oh, I just really crave a steak to wind down. It's never going to happen. We're going to crave the easy to digest, quick energy foods that are kind of hedonic and satisfying. So the sugar, the carbs, the fats. So if you find that you just never have that hunger for protein, 
because you're always rushing all the time or always stressed out of your tree, maybe we need to address that as well. Because the trouble is, is that stress not only drives us towards the sweeter, fattier foods, it turns down our digestive fire, which means that even if we eat the protein, it's not going to digest so well. It's going to sit there. It's going to create some gas and some reflux and some digestive issues that is going to kind of that feedback loop is going to be going to say, mm, I don't really like how I feel after doing that. So I'm going to do less of it. This creates a problem because as we age, whatever's going on in our body, we are going to need to be keeping that protein level up to maintain our muscles, to maintain our bones, to maintain our skin, our hair, our gut lining, our neurotransmitter function, our hormones and everything. It has to be a priority to get that in there. That's one of the really key things that I see coming up with protein intake is just this kind of avoidance of it because it just doesn't feel so good anymore. So a couple of the key things that I'd really look to do here with clients if this is a problem is sit down and take a few breaths before we eat. Just slow the, slow everything down a little bit and get into a space where we can actually digest really well. Choose meat protein sources that you enjoy the most initially and build up your dose of it. If you go straight to something you don't really enjoy, going to be a little bit harder to break that down. Uh, digestive enzymes can be a really, really useful tool in there. So we use those all the time for clients and get great results with them. And even something as simple as a little bit of apple cider vinegar just before you eat and a little bit of warm water just to kind of pep up that stomach acid, get things moving a little bit before you put any food in there, usually makes things go down a whole lot better and you'll feel a whole lot better for it. One of the other big concerns that I see coming up with increased protein intake, and this is probably less common, but I still do see it arising every now and again, is a concern that increased protein makes me put on weight. Now, this is a really interesting one because it's not entirely wrong, but it's mostly wrong. Um, so any overconsumption of food energy over enough time could, of course, lead to weight gain. But there's a couple of factors when it comes to protein that mean that protein is the macronutrient that is least likely to cause this to happen. So the first one is, is that protein is incredibly satiating. When our body senses protein in our digestive system, it sends messages to the brain and our brain sends these messages to turn off our hunger drive. So we get this satiation effect from protein that we don't get the same, or we don't really get it at all from carbohydrates, which is part of their problem. We get it a little bit from fats, but we get it mostly from protein because our body is looking for protein because it needs it to survive. And when that needs been met, it can turn down that hunger drive. So it becomes quite difficult to overeat protein because you just literally get sick of it. You get a bit full from it. So to actually overeat to the point of being able to gain weight from protein, pretty unlikely. The other point with the protein is that all of the macronutrients have a caloric amount per gram. So fats, nine calories per gram. Carbohydrates is four calories per gram. Protein is four calories per gram. Now, when you digest all of those different macronutrients, there is a certain cost to the body energy-wise to break that food down. Carbohydrates have very minimal cost. Essentially, the calories you eat of carbohydrates is the calories you get in your body. And the same with fat. They really don't cost anything for the body to digest, absorb, and store. Protein, on the other hand, has quite a significant cost attached to it. In fact, potentially 30% of protein that you eat, the energy of it that it's providing, 30% of the calories, are being used to break that food down. So what that means is, is that even if you are eating a lot of protein, it's costing the body a lot of energy to break that down and use it, that again, there's not as much left to store. And 
you know, there's pretty good discussion of this and evidence that people can actually quite significantly overeat total calories and not gain weight if that calories comes from protein. So if you're increasing your protein and noticing that your weight is increasing, it's probably not the protein, it will be some other things going on. The part that I think that I think is potentially the factor there is that if your digestive fire is low, if you're not digesting that protein well and it's sitting and making your guts a bit sluggish and maybe your bowel motions a bit sluggish, that's going to have somewhat of a weight increasing factor for your body because your body's simply holding on to things a bit more. There's probably being a bit more water weight stored and maybe things are just slowing down on the whole. So it's not actually the protein that's causing the problem. It actually goes back to that digestive component, which we've already discussed. So um, I would never, no one should be worried about increasing protein and gaining weight. But if they are noticing that's happening, then we need to go back to the gut and work out why is that happening? Maybe we need to be looking at the other macronutrients that are coming with the protein, because if you're increasing your protein by having a big dirty burger, you're getting a whole lot of other things as well. But pretty much when it comes to the protein, if things aren't feeling so good with it, we go back to the gut because that's where the root problem always lies, because it's not the proteins problem. Humans on a whole, on the whole, are very well adapted to digesting protein. It's a macronutrient that our body absolutely needs. It can't make it by itself. It has to get it from the diet. And you know the animal proteins are, are very, very bioavailable, very well absorbed by most people. I, I just have not seen people that don't digest this well. And the most sensitive gut cases that I've ever seen, protein is the one thing they do digest well and can absorb well. Um, so it's a really, really useful tool. We just have to understand why, if that's not the case for you, what, what's going on internally that we need to address. So yeah, like I said, digestive enzymes, your apple cider vinegar, getting yourself into a state where you are able to rest, digest, and consume that protein in a way that's actually optimizing for it to be digested well. So protein intake is key. And what I would love for you to do is jump in the comments below here and let me know. And the cool thing about protein is you can literally do it at your next meal. It doesn't take any planning. You don't need to, well, maybe you need to go out and buy some protein if you don't have it, but you, you can start now. You could actually just take action and start now with this. So I would love for you to drop in the comments below. What are you doing tonight to meet your protein needs if that hasn't already been the case or at the next meal that you're going to have? Also, if you need some inspiration with that or some ideas, I have um, five really easy high protein recipes that we use with our clients all the time. These have become staples for a whole lot of the clients that I talk to. They just keep going back to, keep going back to because they're quick, they're easy and they meet that need really well. If you would like access to those, just comment recipes below and we can get that to you as well. And hopefully that explains, guys, what's going on. If that protein's sitting there and not going down well, it's not the protein's fault. We need to get inside the gut. We need to get that working properly so that we can get and absorb the macronutrient we need to live long. Cool. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. Have a good one. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it would be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember, long-term change comes from self-compassion, and thanks for tuning in.